Hello and thanks for dropping in. My name is Dan Quintana from the University of Oslo and you're listening to The Startup Scientist, which is a podcast on growing your scientific career. This podcast is a window at my attempt of squeezing a 70-hour work week into 35 hours. Each episode is around about five minutes, which is a quick little nugget that's easy to fit into your schedule. Now, have you ever noticed when you go to a grocery store that the eggs and the milk are always in the back of the store? They hope that on your way to picking up these low-margin items, which they're almost guaranteed to sell, you'll pick up some high-margin items on the way back to the checkout. If you're a PhD student, you should be thinking about your publication plan in the same way. Low-margin versus high-margin publications. Now, a common question I get asked by PhD students is, should I go for one or two high-impact papers or several mid-impact papers? Now, this is really a question of high-margin versus low-margin, but let's zoom out a bit to the end of your PhD when it comes to postdoc application time. Now, when you're applying for jobs or for, for postdoctoral grants, people or granting agencies are deciding where to invest not only their money, but if they're researchers, also their time. They're investing their money and hope to get a return on their investment. They're looking at all the potential candidates and making a big investment here. Now, this sounds, sounds all very transactional, but when you boil everything down, this is the reality of the situation. Why go through a drawn-out application process? To get the best candidate. And who's the best candidate? the one that's most likely to, to, to provide the best returns, all things being equal. Almost all these committees are short on time and many won't even read your papers. If they do, lucky you. But they will look at the number of papers as, as that is the easiest quantifiable metric. Now, I think that the quality of the paper should matter more, but we need to operate in the environment that we find ourselves in, not the, the environment that we wished existed right now. The other thing to consider is that high-impact papers are risky. If they weren't, everybody would be doing them. Having a high-impact paper on your CV will help, but sometimes in the pursuit of these papers, you take the risk that you'll be left with no papers at all. All that to say, don't let the expectations of what a typical PhD student should do or should publish or the amount they should publish limit you. You should go for both. You know what else the typical PhD student does? They mess around on Facebook all day. Now, I'm not saying that social media is a bad thing. You, you need to have a web presence to share your work. But if you're not producing any good science, you'll have nothing to share. And the other thing they do, they waste time on tasks that are just false hustle. These are tasks which seem like work, but they're not bringing you closer to your goals. And here's a good litmus test for false hustle. Can someone do your task with minimal or no training? Those things are false hustle. Now, you may be thinking, sure, anyone can enter data in a spreadsheet, but I need to do these things. This is true in some circumstances, but what's also true for many of these tasks is that they can be automated. Have a look at your workflow and ask yourself, what of these things can be automated? As well as saving your time, doing this also limits mistakes as it's automated. You need, you need to be spending your time working on stuff that brings value and, solve pro and solves problems, things that draw on your unique expertise. 
Now, if you're listening to this podcast, I'm guessing you don't want to be an average researcher. And let's face it, average researchers don't get jobs or grants. So do both. Go for the high-risk publications while also having lower-risk projects in the background. Now that I'm done with my postdoc, I'm using this very strategy. I have projects that have the potential to have a big impact, but they're risky. But I also have smaller projects that I'm working on just to keep the publication pipeline going. So all that to say, if you have the time and capacity, go for both. Go for high risk, go for lower risk. But if you don't have the time, then it's better that you go for the lower risk publications. That's all the time we have for today. Thanks for listening to The Startup Scientist. And remember, you can actually follow me on Instagram where you can watch me do science and go from idea to publication. You can follow me at startup underscore sci on Instagram. Until next time. Bye-bye.